Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of trees. And I'm joined today once again by Eric. Man, this is just the week of Eric. Yeah, I know. I love it. Uh, once again, thank you for doing our special election coverage oh, episode. Look, lifelong dream of mine to do election coverage. I was going to say, like... In terms of people I know who would be genuinely nerdily, nerdily, is that a word? Yeah. Excited about doing a special election episode. I was like, Eric. I will say this right now. I will go on record right now. Oh my God. 2020. Okay. Live stream election results. We should. Make uh, a little, I'll do it. Make a little desk. Yeah. I'll get a whiteboard. Oh, wow. You're going to make props? Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. I'm into it. Sure. I would, I would, I would uh, Kornacki it. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. No, I would definitely do it. Maybe we'll do that for like uh, my members on Patreon. Yeah. That would be dope. Yeah. Want a little bonus episode, everybody? By the way, guys, I'm still working on the Harry Potter bonus episode. It's coming together nicely, I hope. I think the last people I'm going to have on it are Chloe and Ari. Great. To talk about it. And then I'll post it. Yeah. Because it's been a while now. But uh, before we get to newsy stuff... I was going to say just real yeah. quick. I think they just put all the Harry Potter movies on Netflix. Did they? I think so. Hey. Uh, go check that out, everybody. Um, before we get to newsy stuff, do you have any new Recky Recs for people? Oh, I do have Recs, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. Go ahead. Um, let's see. Did you read... The book review of Jill Soloway's book that's going around Twitter. <laughs> I read excerpts of oh it, not the full thing. Oh my god! I I don't have my phone on me, so I can't look up who the author is, and I forget off the top of my head. But if you haven't, please go. Just I think if you just type in Jill Soloway book review, you will find it. Uh, it's what the book review itself. One of the best pieces of writing I've ever seen. <laughs> it is. Uh, just so well written. It's vicious. Oh wait, I think I found uh, a website has the most scathing parts of the book review. It is like just chock full of one-liners. Uh, it's so good. Um, I hope. Uh, I know the person that wrote it is like uh, contracted with Verso to come out with a book as well. I can't wait to read it. So she's uh, so good. Andrea Long Chu. Yes. That's yes. What it is. Andrea Chu. So here are just a handful of quotes from Chu's astounding review. This is from Pajiba.com. As a lightweight behind-the-scenes look at a critically acclaimed television series, Jill Soloway's new memoir, She Wants It, Desire, Power, and Toppling the Patriarchy, is just south of worth purchasing at the airport. <laughs> As a book about desire, power, or toppling the patriarchy, it is incompetent, defensive, and astonishingly clueless. Wow. Another excerpt. But as this book confirms, Soloway's life has rapidly imitated her art. Like Sarah Pfefferman, she would leave her husband for a woman. Like Josh Pfefferman, she would become a successful entertainment industry player in douchebag shades and trousers with kicks. <laughs> like Allie Pfefferman, she would date a celebrated lesbian poet and experiment with non-binary gender. Soloway now identifies as trans and answers to both she and they pronouns telling CBS this morning, quote, she is fine. When people say she and her, I don't correct them. But when people say they and them, it's like frosting. Consider this review a muffin. <laughs> and there's many more guys. Oh, guys. I'll link to the whole thing at our Lipston page. You have to read it. It's just full of one-liners. It's so well written. It is one of my favorite. It's maybe the best book review I've ever read. 
Yeah, the excerpts I've seen are scathing and very funny. It's just I I loved it for two reasons. One, because I think it, like I said, it's just very well written. It, it's full of one-liners, and I think an accurate uh, uh, takedown of the book. I also feel like for a long time we've sort of like kind of kind of gone into this culture of like everything's great. Like all like book reviews, music reviews, everything like everything's very positive. Mm-hmm. And I I think like if you're gonna do criticism, like you got to be willing to call things bad when they're bad. Sure. And I think like you know, uh, Pitchfork got really famous like in the early 2000s because they would do that with music reviews and like, and then there was like sort of a backlash where people were like tired of negative reviews. Well, and I then, think it can go the other way too. Where it definitely can go the other suddenly, way. Suddenly, like we can't like anything. Yes, it can <laughs> definitely go the other way. Because it's like a status thing. Well, like right. I said, it sucked first. Uh-huh. You know, it can definitely go the other way. And I just feel like we it went so far in this sort of like, it was almost like to the point where it was like. Why are we even writing reviews if all we're going to do is just repeat what's in the thing and right. then just say that it was fine or right, whatever? Sure. Like, I think we have to be willing to do bad reviews when they're bad. I so, think just be genuine. If yes. you like something, be genuinely like it. If you don't like something, don't feel you have to say it's good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I think in the 90s there was this general cynicism like yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah. and then the response to that was like sort of nerd culture where it's like we love everything Uh um yeah i'm sure like most things it's like somewhere in the middle is a healthy balance yeah um so yeah she definitely read that book review um music racks i've been listening to a lot of like 80s and 90s like post-punk and shoegaze Mm -hmm. um i think i've read this on the show before this there's this band called The Wedding Present. They have an album called Bizarro, mm-hmm. which is great. It's like a very, it's one of my favorite albums. Cool. Um, I've also been listening to this band called The Chameleons. Um, nice. Very like, The Chameleons, like, when I listen to The Chameleons, you can hear sort of like the seeds that became like, like Interpol mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff like bands like that in the 2000s. Like you can sort of hear where all that influence comes from. Very um, cool, very cool. I'm yeah. trying to think if there was anything new that I'm I'm still slogging my way through Sabrina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's not good. <laughs> it has good moments. Sure. I as I've mentioned before on the show, love the Antes, love Ambrose. Mm. Oh, apparently, uh I have a mini correction. I was led to believe that Ambrose was a character created for the television series or the mm. Netflix series. He's in the comics. Oh, okay. So my bad. Sorry, Ambrose. Wow. But he does exist in the comics. Cool. Uh, I thought he was like a stand-in for Salem since Salem doesn't speak. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Can I wreck something that I'm looking forward to? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the, the the Friday is the start of the World Chess Championship. Oh my God! Do you play chess? <laughs> uh, yeah, recreationally. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and it is gonna be awesome. Uh, the the for the first time since Bobby Fischer and American is in the championship, uh, which is a, a huge deal. What's his name or her name? Uh, oh, I forget his last name. His first name is Fabiano. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an Italian American. Okay. Um, he was born in or he was. Born in Miami, but like moved very early. He's he was raised in Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, and typical Italian. Yeah. Uh, lived in Brooklyn for a long time, and then uh, as he became a teenager and started, he was I think the youngest grandmaster, the youngest chess grandmaster. Don't hold me to that, but I think that's true. Um, I'm gonna fact check that, yeah. and then I'm gonna find you. Yeah. 
just come wherever <laughs> I am, just beat night, me up. Yeah. We least expected. <laughs> Scare the shit out of everyone. Yeah. Um, fact check. Yeah, fact check. Uh, and then, uh, so, uh, but then he moved to Spain to like pursue his professional chess career, uh, or his, his parents moved him to Spain <laughs> to pr- pursue his uh-huh. professional chess career. Um, so he's been living That's in a like Europe. Strange statement to hear in the modern world. Pursue his chess career. Uh huh. I mean, it's cool, but it's yes. it's just like it's weird. It's only a handful of people can do that. Yeah, <laughs> you have to um, be very good. Yes, you can't be like okay and pursue uh-huh. a chess. Yeah, career. exactly. Yeah. Um, but so since 2013, we've had the same world chess champion, which is a very young man named Magnus Carlsen mm. um, from oh god from a scandinavian country and i forget which one okay uh guys it's very early and i stayed up very late it's so Um, early uh but uh so he's sort of been like considered the best like by far the best chess player in the world and the best in a very long time right and uh now a lot of people are saying that fabiano might be might be the one person that has the capability to beat him wow. so it's gonna be very exciting chess we- is one of those things where i feel like every few years i'm like how do you play it again and then i look up the rules and i'm like right right right, right. like there was a time <laughs> when i like kind of knew how to play it um like yeah. i knew the general moves and stuff uh-huh. uh and then i completely forgot sure sure and then i'll like reread the moves and i'm like yeah yeah sure 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 yeah right right, right. but i don't play it regularly yeah yeah, I try to play fairly regularly. Do you um, ever have you ever gone to like Washington Square? I haven't park? gone to the park. Challenge I always wanted those to. Old dudes? I've always wanted to. They'll um, mop the floor with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it would be an honor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now that I have like my days free, like because I work at night now, I'm kind of like, yeah, I could start doing that. Please, please, please tell me if you ever go. Yes, I want to watch. Yeah, um, I absolutely will. Yeah, uh, I've like I have watched them play before, but like they usually play each other. Right. Uh, but it's very cool. Yeah, I would love to go down there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's it's yeah, it's very exciting. It's, it's very exciting. One just because like to have somebody that can actually be a contender with Magnus. Now they've played a bunch in the past, and Magnus has come out on top. Uh, but a lot of people are saying that uh, it could be an actual competitive match with no clear. Uh, there's no clear favorite maybe going mm-hmm. in, which is very exciting, and it's also. The, the possibility of having an American chess world champion is it hasn't happened in a very long time. And so it's very exciting. Very cool. Very cool. Where can you like watch it? Uh, Online? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's going to be a lot of people like live streaming it and stuff. Um, and like commentating on it and stuff like that. Just Google it. You'll find live streams and stuff like that. Cool beans. Anything else you want to Ricky Rick? I, by the way, I love that people have started to use the term Ricky Rick, Ricky Rick in the so Twitter mentions, by the way, hashtag light trees and pod. If you ever want to talk to us about anything, we're on Twitter. You can get us there. Yeah. Uh, anything else I want to recommend? I just started using a new pen that I really like. Oh my God. You know, everybody <laughs> wants to hear about that. What is the new pen? Uh, there's a company called Muji. M-U-J-I. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Japanese like home goods company. Mm-hmm. Um, and they keep they make things very cheap. Uh, and they actually have a store in New York City. They have a couple of stores in New York City. It's one of the only places. I think it's the only, those are the only American stores. Have you gone to pen stores? Oh, yeah. I go to pen stores all the time. Oh, my God. Have you gone to Muji? Yeah, Muji is not specifically a pen store. It's oh, like okay. a, it's like an all-purpose home goods store. Gotcha. Um, uh, and... Uh, but they sell pens. Uh, they're very cheap and they're very good. Mm-hmm. I've been specifically been using. They make like these gel pens. I've been using the 
point thirty eight millimeter pins, <laughs> uh, gel burst. pins, uh, <laughs> and they're just awesome. Yeah. I've been I've been using them. I just bought a. They're very cheap. They're like a dollar a pin, and they dollar wow. uh, dollar fifty a pin or something like that. But I, I bought a pack, and like they're just awesome. I've just been using them non-stop since i bought them if you're a new listener and you're like what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> eric has a weird pen following on this show and on twitter where people look to him for pen recommendations yeah so i now allow it to happen yes uh you probably unless you're living in new york city cannot buy them in person but hopefully from my uh stellar recommendation mm-hmm. you will feel confident ordering them online online yeah you just yeah. order them online also they're super cheap so it sounds like not a high risk situation. yeah it's really not yeah. i'm always like i what's the most you spent on a pen uh not a lot you found a crazy expensive pen right i found yeah i found a, a montblanc ball boy pen and then sold it for 150 dollars. that's bananas yeah um i used it for a while and then i sold it for 150 dollars uh did you know it was really valuable when mm -hmm. you found it yeah that's why i grabbed it (laughs) (laughs) i found it in a like a like just like a i found it like just in a pin cup i'm still like who was at ucb with that pen (sighs) god who knows probably it's probably just some rich tourist or something yeah i guess uh probably just some wealthy person that was there for a stand-up show or something or maybe they got it as a gift yeah it could be uh but i just like I Montblanc pins are very like uh, they have like a a symbol on the top of them. Mm-hmm. Um, What's a symbol? So I know it when I. It's say just it. like a little white star on the very like if you're looking at a pen long ways like the very tip uh, top yeah. of the pen. There's just like this little like four or five point white star okay. on it. Um, just if I find that shit in the city, I'm yeah. Gonna grab it. But I was just like working. And I looked over. And I was like, oh my god, what is that? Is that what I think it is? And then just I grabbed it. Made and a it, quick yeah. hundred fifty. Um. Yeah, I'm probably going to buy an expensive pen in a couple months. Pilot makes these very cool uh, fountain pens that are retractable, mm-hmm. which is maybe the only one, I think. Maybe the only retractable fountain pen um, called Vanishing Points, and they're very good. This made me think of something. What is the most valuable thing you've found? Is that it, the pen? The most valuable thing I've found? I'll go first while you're thinking. Uh yeah, go ahead. I found a gold Gucci ring. Wow! In uh the the new school bathroom, <laughs> and I took that shit. Fucking new school kids. Yeah, I know. I took it <laughs> and I pawned it. Yeah, yeah. I believe sure. that for sure. For sure. Yeah, only yeah. rich people go to the new school. Yeah, I was like, it was probably a gift. <laughs> yeah, fucking new school Sorry. kids. Um, man, the new school may be my biggest letdown in life. <laughs> Just, you mean like having met people who go there? Well, just, I mean, I've met people that are great that go to the new school, but it's just like when I was studying sociology, I read all about the history of the new school. And I was like, this is amazing. It sounds like this incredible alternative education institution. And then like, I actually moved to New York and I'm like, oh, it's just like a shitty, like very wealthy school. A bunch that like douchebags. Yeah, yeah. Like only rich people can really afford to go there. They don't give out a lot of funding for their no. PhD program. Literally which is disappointing. the only thing it's good for <laughs> in my experience is if you know somebody who goes to the new school, you can use their rehearsal space, uh-huh. uh, which is why yes. I was there. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, Um, The most valuable thing, I think probably it has to be that. Like the single most, like that's, the single most That's more than item. I got for the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably like the most, yeah. I, I would say that. I mean, I found like, <sighs> I've gotten like furniture and stuff. Not like found, maybe like thrifted. 
Yeah. That was like, but like I never like turned around and resold it or anything. So, I mean, that's definitely like, I think probably the most single valuable item I've ever uh, found. What is the most valuable item you've found? Oh, I would love to hear these Hashtag stories. I want to hear these stories. Light trees and pod. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I would or, love to hear about that. Or if you're a $5 a month member of mine on Patreon or higher, you can message me and I'll read your answer on light trees and news but yeah just uh tweet us too yeah what's the most valuable found item that's something i'm very interested in yeah flipping flipping items found treasure yeah Yeah. if you just a little quick tip sure i think we've talked about it before guys if you live near a university oh boy find out when they move out for the semester and just go load up rich kids throw out everything everything tvs like nothing's wrong with them like furniture they just don't want to they don't want to travel back home with it yeah of traveling with it but yeah that but also like in new york i feel like everybody knows that now yeah so it is bananas yeah 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 like people stake out the dorms yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's hard in new york because yeah everybody's kind of aware of that now but if you live anywhere else if you live near a university just go check out the dorms like when people are moving out like people just throw out so much shit yeah it's true because it like well i mean i get it it's hard to move Especially yeah. if you're like moving back to another state and you just have all this furniture, you're like, what am I going to do with it? I mean, it? yeah, it's not even necessarily like super rich kids. It's yeah. just like logistically, how do I move this? Yeah, yeah. it's like, okay. I'm not going to get a truck. And then like store it for the summer so I can bring it back next year. That's like, what I did. I mean, yeah, that's what I, I we was got a poor. super like, yeah. cheap storage unit. And I was like, I'm not fucking throwing out this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. like most people just like throw it out and get new stuff next year, which is like, I mean, good for them that they can do that, I guess. <laughs> but like, I'm going to take all Slow their shit. Slow clap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take all my stuff <laughs> and keep my stuff because yeah. I can't buy new stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, anything else you're looking forward to or that you want to recommend to people? Uh, I haven't, I mean, kind of related to the chess thing i've been really getting back into like my old love of like gaming like strategy gaming uh-huh. kind of lost that for a while and i've been like slowly getting back into it there's a new uh like there's a very there's a new digital card game that a lot of people are excited about called artifact and it's like very it's been very like shrouded in secrecy mm-hmm. by the creators um and this weekend is the first public uh viewing of it they're gonna have Mm -hmm. um like they haven't even had like a a beta for it they basically like started rolling it out and they um they only gave beta keys to like very popular streamers on twitch and stuff like that that's how you get buzz yeah exactly so like limited access there's been like a very like small cabal of gamers that have been playing this game to help the company get it ready for like wide release what is it like if you could compare it to something Uh, i mean it's very i mean like i would like dnd or no it's more like playing like a like a magic the gathering type like collectible card game Ah, uh the rules are very different but that's like the most analogous thing um it's based on a it's it's the 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 uh like the world of it like the lore of the game is based on um a popular uh computer a popular like online game called dota d-o-t-a okay um i forget what the acronym stands for but it's it's like the if you're like if you know anything all about like uh, you've seen like esports or like competitive gaming like dota is the biggest one right now okay so it's based on that world 
uh, in terms of like what's in the game. Okay. Um, but they they've it's been very like I said shrouded in secrecy. Like they haven't released it publicly at all. They haven't even had an open beta. They've only had like a handful of people testing it for mm-hmm. them. And then this weekend is going to be the first like uh public viewing of it they're gonna have. Oh boy. Uh, so a lot of people are very excited about that. I'll probably be watching it. Oh um, yeah. It should be interesting. Should we see what happens? That's cool. Uh, guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. So on yesterday's episode, we talked all about the midterm elections. All about it. You missed that episode. Go back and listen. It is the only thing we talk about on that episode. But because that was the only thing we talked about on that episode, I didn't get to get to some other stories that happened around the election. Right. Say, for example, Sean Hannity uh, appearing on stage at a Trump rally and declaring all media fake news. Yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. After he uh, he did this, after he claimed that he would not appear on stage with Trump, said it specifically on a show, which is why he claimed it wouldn't be a bias. Uh huh. Because he's like, it's not like I'm, you know, uh, advocating people vote for him. Of course not. Or supporting his actual uh, like. A campaign or anything like that, but then he appeared on stage with him. Yeah, which seems like uh, you were lying. Uh, well, his his defense after the fact uh, <laughs> was he he I think either said on I think he said on his radio show the next day he was like, look, I didn't lie. I didn't know he was going to call me on stage. Oh my god! I just I was sitting there like reporting like I'm supposed to, and he called me on stage. I so I just yes. went. I mean, listen, I know Fox News, pure propaganda network. Blah, 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 blah. Don't tweet me. But at what point is it so egregious that even Fox News is like, hey, buddy? Well, I mean, there. from what I read, uh, I read some reports that a lot of uh, staffers, I mean, obviously, yes, it's a biased network, but like a lot of staffers at Fox News are kind of outraged because like... Fox like released a statement that was like, you know, we take this very seriously and it's not okay, but they don't do anything. Yeah. And so a lot of like, apparently a lot of staffers at Fox News are kind of like uh, incensed just because it's like Hannity has no rules. Like everybody else at the network has to follow rules. So they're just like jealous of the favorite child. Yeah, pretty much. It's just like Hannity. Why does Sean get to do whatever he wants? Yeah, basically. You know, it's just like a lot of staffers are like, you know, we all have these things that we have to like work around and like abide by and then like Hannity can do whatever he wants and even when the even when the network's like this is not okay it's kind of like I guess don't do it again or like you know what I mean like uh, don't go on stage with Trump a second time like like you know like they they are not going to punish him at all I was going to say that's so funny uh it's sad and pathetic uh but the fact that they're just like but Sean gets to do it Uh, also I have an existential question when he goes he gets on stage and calls all media fake news does that include himself I think he (laughs) thinks he's above I see the media Uh and that he's like a truth teller right but yeah maybe somebody needs to tell Sean Hannity he's part of the media (laughs) you're on the TV yeah hun that means you're part of the media everyone who hosts a cable news show is fake news right it's like Sean you Sean 
Uh, uh, you're on TV right now. Hey, man, real quickly. <laughs> do you remember what your job is? <laughs> Are you having a stroke? You're saying this on a new show on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think he just thinks he's the exception to the rule. He's, I mean, it, I mean, it would make sense because he's not like, when you read his like history, his backstory, it's just like the most ridiculous person on the face of the planet. What like, is he it? Well, he literally recap? got it. He literally got a show because it was like, as far as I remember from, uh, it, it was like, he was like a construction worker or something and like had a friend that had a radio show okay. and then he just filled in on his friend's radio show one time and oh then they God. gave him his own show wow. and then he just worked his way up from like local radio to like, to, to, uh, to like national to Fox and it's just like and he got it just because literally all he would do is just go on and say his opinions see that bums me out because I'm like I, I feel like working people should be represented more in the media but sure not Sean <laughs> not, yeah yeah I don't know I wonder if well, that how much that plays into his like obvious chip on his shoulder when it comes to other media outlets like because there is a problem when it comes to places like the new york times and cnn where to a certain extent that stereotype of them being elitist is true it is like if you can afford to go to j school all of that stuff chances are you're privileged chances are you are a white man yes Um, Uh, all that's true i think with the thing with Hannity is not that like i i would be happy if more you know, uh, uh, working class people uh, got um, radio shows, you know. Yeah. But I think the thing with Hannity is that, like, it wasn't like he got on the radio and, like, got popular because he was, like, a working man telling the truth. Yeah. It's because he went on and just said the most incendiary things that he could. Right. And I mean, to it rile is, up people. It's privilege in itself when someone just hands you a show yeah like if he was not a white man that yeah. would not have happened yeah yeah just like that's i mean that's the whole right wing model it's just like it's not a bunch of people that are just saying their opinion it's like just say the most incendiary things you can and you will get famous right yeah so also in right wing extremism news we were talking about how Trump sent 15,000 troops to the border and how mm-hmm. that would obviously create a even more hostile climate at sure. the border, probably endanger a lot of people's lives. Well, lo and behold, it turns out there are now vigilantes who are uh, traveling to the border. Who could have seen this coming? In addition to the vigilantes that were already there. And they're they're carrying guns. They've packed coolers and tents, and they uh, they also have aerial drones. Great, um, and they are planning to form caravans of their own and trail American troops to the border. Well, I will say, you know, in the Republicans' defense, this was impossible to see coming. <laughs> sure, it's not like you could, could set your watch it? to yeah. shit like uh-huh. this. It really came out of left field. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we talked about how this would, of course, happen, how that kind of extremist rhetoric, like, it wasn't enough that a dude tried to blow up a bunch of Democrats because Trump has, you know, attacked uh, the Democratic Party right. since he was uh, sworn in as president. Of course, this is what happens. Well, and, and you know, I mean, we just had uh, the Pittsburgh uh, synagogue shooting. Yeah. You know, it, of course, it was a, an act of uh, anti-Semitic terror. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that the shooter was obsessed with was that this particular um, uh, 
you know, uh, synagogue was aiding what he called invaders. Right. You know, because uh, they were very pro-immigrant, pro-helping people. Uh, and he called, you know, the, the so-called, you know, when, when they call the caravan invaders. That's mm-hmm. what this type of rhetoric inspires. Right. Because these people uh, consider themselves patriots mm-hmm. and they're defending their country against an invading force. Right. That's how they see it. Yep. That is how they see it. And if you believed that, then yes, you would pick up a gun and go defend your country against you know uh, an invading force right and like listen trump is always going to trump he's always going to be racist he's always going to bait his base in this way but how long is the media going to allow him to then pretend to be shocked when stuff like like when someone inevitably i mean people are killed at the border all the time but when the next one happens yeah i think uh a, a concept that a lot of people need to be more familiar with, um, and especially the media, is this idea of there's a concept called stochastic terrorism, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically the idea that, like, the media basically will call every uh, white terrorist a lone wolf <laughs> as long as the terrorist doesn't say specifically, I'm doing this because of Donald Trump. Right. If they don't say that, then they're like, well, how could we ever know what inspired him? And the thing is, like, but the 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 concept of sto- stochastic terrorism deals with this idea that like you put rhetoric into the air, yes, and then it's going to inspire someone to carry out an act of terrorism mm-hmm. um, that's unpredictable because it's not it's not a straight line thing. Like Trump is not sending like uh, a terrorist to do the act, yeah. and the the person may not say like, oh, I'm doing this specifically because of Donald Trump, mm-hmm. but it is specifically because of the rhetoric and the uh, culture that is fomented by these these words. And the Republicans have been doing that for so long. I mean, back to, you know, like welfare queens and using that kind of like yeah. coded rhetoric that that is a dog whistle and like their base knows what they're talking about. When you say welfare queens, they're like black people. They yes. know. Yeah. Um, They've gotten so good at it that it's now like self-sustaining. So even when Trump comes out after something like the synagogue shooting and he says this is a terrible crime, uh, it can't be tolerated, stuff like that. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, The radical right will say stuff like, oh, he has to say that. But he doesn't mean it. Right, right, right. Which is also probably true. But like it, it now sustains itself. So even if the Republicans at some point try to reverse it, they probably can't. They can. And yeah. even, if they, even if Trump did mean it, it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because, it, again, it's not, you can't view every act of violence as like this very like narrative, like uh, in this very like straight line thing where it's like, oh, he heard Trump say this, so then he picked up a gun and went and do it. It's right. like, it's, uh, it's culture that's fomented by years of rhetoric and then they finally snap and yeah. go do it. And th- that's why, like, yeah, like, even if Trump meant it, it's like, it doesn't matter. This it's is always the, re- the argument we have when it comes to culture, because yeah. oftentimes you can't draw that straight line. Exactly. It's like uh, violent misogyny. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of guys roll their eyes when you try to connect stuff like, um, like, quote unquote, locker room behavior to rape culture. Right. Because they're like, I don't see how the two are connected. And it's true that you probably can't draw a straight line, but it is all a part of the culture of misogyny. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that I mean, this is why people study culture. Guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very complicated. But 
there there if you throw garbage like that into the ether long enough somebody out there is gonna see it as a call to arms absolutely so uh, i did want to talk about this racist ad even though the midterm election is over now because we had talked about it before on the show and uh a bunch of networks ended up pulling it which is a good thing uh yeah, it is a good thing. I mean, a lot of them pulled it after they played it. Yeah, which is like true. Okay, what the hell happened? So this guy Louis uh, Brasamontes entered mm-hmm. the country illegally and was deported twice, um, and he was convicted. Uh, he was a convicted murderer from Mexico who in 2014 killed two police officers in Sacramento. Mm. So this ad was playing and it was uh, paid for by Trump's campaign committee. And obviously a lot of people compared it to the Willie Horton ad. Yeah. Uh, hugely race baiting uh, and meant to scared white people who don't really understand that this is a complete fucking anomaly. Right. Uh, And that also, he actually, he entered the country during the Bush administration. Uh, Yeah, he he entered the country during the Bush administration and was released by Joe Arpaio's uh, 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 office. Right. So, uh, not the full story, obviously, in the ad. So, NBC uh, decided to join several other major major TV networks. They pulled the racist ad, uh, as Eric pointed out, after airing it. (laughs) Maybe don't air it to begin with. But this ad was so bad that Fox News pulled it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Which was, uh, or actually, I think Fox News decided against running it. Yeah. So, I don't know if they ever ran it. I don't know. I'm actually not sure. I'm not sure. But uh, they joined CNN and Facebook, uh, who also pulled it. So an improvement, like you pulled it, great. But mm-hmm. hey, don't run this shit to begin with. Yeah, that yeah, would absolutely. be the yeah, the, the full anecdote <laughs> to that. Yeah, yeah. Like, how does this stuff get played in the first place? Yeah, and it's so obvious that if you play it on your network, and then you're like, oh, well, we've pulled it. It's like, oh, because people were outraged about it but you didn't right. care about it in the first place right. you just wanted to take their money and play it like you don't care that's right. I, that's why like i mean i'm glad they pulled it in response to the backlash but it's like who somebody should have watched it in the first place like you like it's obvious that a lot of the, whatever network aired it, it was ob- just more concerned about taking the advertising dollars and just playing well it. that's the thing like you can just put a price tag on anything and it doesn't matter like how much did, i wonder if they get paid per view or if they get paid up front i don't know how because if you get paid up front you show it once and then you go oh we're pulling it so you get to take the moral high ground quote unquote and you get to to keep the money by time yeah so i'm sure it's like i think you buy packages of time like we'll play it six times throughout the day for a 30 second spot or whatever it's like you buy you buy it up front at that time so yeah like they take the money they play it and then they're like oh there was backlash so we're gonna pull it it's like yeah i guess anytime you're asking the corporate media to take the moral high ground you're kind of just shouting at the wall (laughs) yeah well that's a big thing is that like i mean people i mean we talk about all the time but it's like people still have to realize like it doesn't matter what network it is even fox news like uh, forever however principled on whatever side you think news networks are they're owned by a company that is completely amoral yeah the the parent companies of all these Things don't give a shit about anything except right. making more money. Right. That is the, the the whole point of capitalism. So it's like, you, you know, no matter how, 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 no matter how 
principled you think any network is, they're owned by a company that does not care. Yeah, I mean, MSNBC is a great example of that. Yeah. Uh, that's like the quote-unquote left-wing network owned by NBC, owned by Viacom. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, it's just like everybody's owned by like it's all businesses the capitalist mothership yeah (laughs) yeah none of i mean you know hosts can do certain things like on their shows that Mm -hmm. are principled but like in general like the network itself even then though like i can't tell you how many msnbc hosts i've spoken to and interviewed who want to do good things like cover climate change but then they watch the rating ratings numbers and they get owned right um, people just stop watching and at uh-huh. the end of the day they have to sell ads yeah. so they, they can't talk about stuff they want to talk about. Right. Um, but anyway, so uh, I was going to say something else. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, w- where it becomes profoundly evil is in cases like this with this ad that will endanger people's lives yeah. because, you know, obviously the hatred for this one guy won't stay focused on him. Mm-hmm. It will be applied to anybody who even resembles a, a Latino person, you yeah. know, uh, whether they're an immigrant or not. That's that's how this kind of garbage rhetoric works. When you right. throw it out there, you can't yeah. control it anymore. Right. Um, as we have seen now with multiple acts of terrorism on mm-hmm. the right. Yep. That shit gets out of hand quick. Very quick. You know? Suddenly, people are throwing bombs. Yeah. Shooting up synagogues. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. And mm-hmm. it will continue to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, on that note, let's switch gears, shall we? Here is your good news. So, first in good news, let's talk about USA Gymnastics. Oh, yeah. This is a huge fucking deal. So... The uh, United States Olympic Committee announced that it is in the process of revoking USA Gymnastics status as a national governing body. Wow. Huge. Massive. Huge deal. Uh, Obviously, they still need to go through with the process and officially revoke it. But the fact that they have started the process shows that they're serious about this. Absolutely. I mean, the, the only danger is like people have got to be because once it gets revoked somebody like some organization has to step up as like the governing body of the gymnastics world so you can't just replicate the problems of the old institution which is lack of transparency so whatever the new organization is that takes over as like the face of like american gymnastics has to be very vigilant and preventing all the issues that just happened exactly also it's profoundly sad that it took larry nasser sexually assaulting hundreds of girls Yeah, for this to happen. Yeah. And it's good that there's going to be consequences, but he was allowed to operate for so many years. Well, again, it's, it goes back to the conversation we were just having about like news organizations. Like, the USA Gymnastics makes a fuck ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, as long as they think they can get away with it, they're not going to damage their reputation. Because... And you have like so many people are just obsessed with short term thinking. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, their whole mindset is like, if we do the right thing, like at the first report, 
of of Nasser. Mm-hmm. If we do the right thing. If we take it seriously when the first young girl is like, he touched me inappropriately. Yeah. The thing is, like, a, a lot of their calculations are like, we can fire this guy right now, but then it's bad PR. You know what I mean? Like, they're just obsessed with short-term thinking. There they're is, like, there's brand protection stuff, certainly. Anytime money is involved. Yeah. That happens, but also it's a matter of not believing women and girls. Of course, yeah. It yeah, takes. Yeah, obviously, I mean, yeah. obviously, there's no scientific study about like when the public officially starts to believe women, but Bill Cosby, Larry yeah. Nassar, like I feel like thirty women or girls have to come out before people are like, oh, it's a pattern. Yeah, maybe this is Absolutely. true. Whereas if like one man comes forward and he's like this person raped me people are like oh shit yeah yeah yeah. um i sort of wonder how long it's going to take for like brands to sort of get the get the message that like if you come out and you're like hey we just found out one of our doctors has been like there's a report of a sexual allegation um we're going to get rid of him like people will be talking about it your brand's not going to take a hit in fact people will probably be like good for them right for doing the right thing yeah and taking it seriously when it happened yeah, I think USA Gymna- Gymnastics is sort of uh, unique because they were like this breeding ground yeah. for future Olympians, mm-hmm. aka like future lucrative deals. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're like a Simone Biles, it's like everybody wants you to wear their logo. Yeah, of course. You're like in commercials, you're on the Wheaties box, you know, all of that stuff. Speaking of good news, did you see the recent story about Simone Biles? Uh, which one? Uh, about her world championship performance. Yeah, we talked about it on the show. Oh, did you? Uh, I thought you and I talked about it on the show. A couple of weeks ago. No, I'm talking about the recent one. Oh, yeah. So she, it's actually mentioned in this article. Yeah. Um, she had historic success she is the at the f- World Gymnastics Championship. She is the first American, full stop, not first American woman, not first black American, first American, full stop, to medal in every event at the World Championship. Yeah. She also, like, fucked up and still meddled. Yeah. She fell off the beam at one point, mm-hmm. but she was so good making it up in other events. Yeah. That she, I'm like, that's incredible yeah. that she can do that. That's She's, uh, I think, definitely in the conversation is greatest of all time. One of the greatest gymnast. athletes yeah. of all time. Yeah, yeah, she is a perfect athlete. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I lose track of her like historic accomplishments. accomplishments. Yeah. I feel like every week Simone Biles has broken a record yeah. or something like that. She is one of a kind athlete. Absolutely. Did I ever tell you I got so used to the USA women's gymnastics team is one of the greatest programs of uh-huh. all time. Yeah. And like for several Olympics has been so dominant uh-huh. that I sort of they just became like the bar of gymnastics yeah, in yeah. my head. Sorry, no pun intended. Uh but then I I was watching the Olympics and I was like, oh, the men are about to perform. And I watched them and these fucking dummies were falling down. Yeah. And like, look, yes, they're still world class athletes, but like when compared to the women, I was mm-hmm. just like, But the women don't fall down. Right, right, right. They keep exactly. sticking all their landings and they yeah. get the gold medals. Uh-huh. What are the men doing? Yeah. yeah. Uh we, we're very spoiled with the American <laughs> team. Yeah. Um, but again, that's like another example why this is such a big fucking deal because a lot of people credit USA Gymnastics for the success of the women's Olympic team. So for the, uh, the Olympic committee to get this serious about revoking USA Gymnastics status, that just shows like how big of a fucking deal this was. They couldn't ignore it. And they 
probably very much so wanted to ignore it and oh. did ignore it for many years. <laughs> yeah. God, look, the, the Olympic Committee also horribly corrupt. So corrupt. Just, I mean, on just there's been already so many scandals in the past few decades about like uh, biased judges mm-hmm. uh, in sort of like gymnastic events and stuff like that. Like the Olympic Committee, not you know, uh, not uh, does not have clean hands in this, but at least they're doing this and taking it seriously. Right. I also wanted to shout out Miss Janet Jackson, Queen, Queen of Queens, who dedicated her MTV EMA's speech to, quote unquote, women whose voices have been stifled. So, of course, a lot of people saw this as her nod to the Me Too movement. Uh-huh. She said tonight, oh, by the way, the EMAs are the Europe Music Awards. Okay, thank you. I was about to ask. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. Yeah, uh, they, they took place in Spain. <laughs> she said, tonight I feel moved to speak for women whose voices have been stifled. I am one of those women. Women who have been gagged both literally and emotionally. Women who have been abused. Women who have been intimidated. Women who have lived in fear. I stand with you. You are my sisters. Tonight I carry the hope that a new world is emerging. A world in which caring people, male as well as female, will no longer tolerate gender inequality. Wow. Um, yeah, just, she's so great. Yeah. It is one of the great crimes that Janet Jackson, and I know this is weird to say because she's so famous, uh-huh. that she's not even more famous. Yeah. And that was a, a deliberate uh, plot by people like, uh, from, uh, like um, what's his name, Les Moonves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on his part, because he was real mad about Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson uh doing that little stunt during the Super Bowl where her boobie popped out. Les Moonves got very mad about it, but instead of blacklisting both of them, just blacklisted uh, Janet Jackson. Yeah, Justin Timberlake, real coward on that one. He was a piece of shit. The whole reason that happened is because he went to Les Moonves and begged him. Mm-hmm. Like crying, yeah. like a little fucking rat yeah, yeah, yeah. on his knees, and Les Moonves forgave him, and Janet didn't fucking apologize. Yeah. Because she was like, Nobody should be freaking out this much. Yeah. It's just a boob. Yeah. Justin Timberlake really like for all his charm that he got later, you know. He's a phony. Yeah. He's a phony. He's yeah. a big phony and I don't like him. Big phony. Yeah. But like Janet Jackson, internationally famous, but I don't know. Like Should I f- be more famous. She should be Beyonce. Because she, her career was very sidelined by that. Oh, People don't realize that. She, she could get on the radio. She was out of the public eye for years. Yeah. And that's no, it really, really hurt her. In an entertainment career, death. I mean, the fact that she's being honored at the European Music Awards. Yeah. Amazing. Shows you. No, it's great. But it shows you, like, internationally, she's beloved. Right, right, right. But back home, she was blacklisted for so long that I think it. I don't think it's controversial to say it took her a while to make up ground and well, i don't think she ever fully recovered no she's never fully recovered i mean but i mean it should show how good and how uh awesome she is that she was able to recover at all because i think yes for, she's undeniable for most artists if you're out of the public eye for Done. five years Done. you're dead your I career's thi- over well i do think it helped that at her height i mean she played the super bowl yeah. she was beyonce right, right, right i think it helped that she was so beloved yes even when Les Moonves tried to make her go away yeah. for like a decade. Yeah. When she came back, everyone was like, oh, right. We love Janet Jackson. Right, right, right. Yeah. Where was she? Like, that was the reaction for most people. They were like, where's Janet Jackson? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. happened? Yeah. But like most of the time, like if you try to, if you, if you like, if you're a musician, you put out an album and you wait like 
five years and you try you're to come done. back like people forget you're people done. Don't, like there are already so many new artists yeah. they're already like you've your time has passed that's I why mean, I, that just speaks to how undeniable her talent exactly, is that yeah. she could come back like that yeah and it also should frighten people that like if you piss off one powerful white dude like that they can disappear you yeah and you're janet jackson yeah yeah like yeah. imagine if she wasn't that prominent right she or if, yeah, if she, if she had been like an emerging artist at the time, her career had just been over. Yeah. It would just been flat out over. The oh, only yeah. reason that she's been able to recover is because she is Janet Jackson. Well, we hear about that all the time from like young artists yeah. who are sexually assaulted or, or treated in a predatory way where th- they say stuff like that. Where like, I was afraid to say anything. That's what they tried to do to Kesha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was thinking of Kesha, actually, where you're this new young artist, and if you say what's happening to you, they can disappear you. Uh-huh. Your career's done. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, also in good news, guys, I also wanted to shout out Rihanna. Speaking of queens. Queen. <laughs> Eric, it's so funny when you say it, yep. and I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who Rihanna told Trump to go fuck himself because he keeps playing her music during his rallies. I feel like this is the third story like this I've seen this week from other artists who are like, "Hey, stop!" I'm gonna make. What a, are you doing? I'm gonna make a uh, a prediction right now. Not a prediction. Uh, I don't think Donald Trump knows who Rihanna is. Oh yeah, it's not his call. Okay, <laughs> uh, so on Sunday night. Um, Hold on. Uh, Washington Post reporter Philip Rucker was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, I love Chattanooga. To catch a Trump rally. And uh, Rihanna's Don't Stop the Music was blaring uh, during the rally. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rihanna found out and retweeted Philip Rucker saying like, hey, they're playing your song. And she said, not for much longer. (laughs) Me nor my people would ever be at or around one of those tragic rallies. So thanks for the heads up, Philip. Wow. Uh, Rihanna. I love her. I bet that was the (laughs) highlight. That might be mean. I was going to say, I bet that was the highlight of Philip's life. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Are you kidding? That would be the highlight of my life, Uh of anyone's life. If fucking Rihanna retweeted me and, like, said my name, Uh I would be like, okay. I would just, I would delete all social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not going to top that. There's a great vegan restaurant in Chattanooga. Is there? Yeah. What's it called? Called Sluggos. Sluggos? Yeah. There's one in I've Chattanooga and one in Pensacola. Okay. Yeah. They're I'll great. have to check it out. I've when played I'm shows there. They're great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Chattanooga's dope. There's a great aquarium in Chattanooga. Eric, what's your favorite vegan restaurant? <sighs> I know. I know. I mean, probably. It's weird because I feel like the one I have the most attachment to is Champs, but I, th- sure. I don't think their food is the best. Like, it's good, and I like going there. I wouldn't say that probably the best vegan meal I've had was probably at Blossom. Yeah, probably. it's hard because, okay, so there's quality of food. Yeah. Then there's, like, the first time I found a place like Champs. See, yeah. Which Champs was, like, uh, there's this place called Green something in Phoenix. 
Okay. And they're kind of like champs in that they've recreated all the comfort food. Yeah. Like, is it the best food in the world? No, but it was like the first time I had that food and it blew my fucking mind. Yeah, I mean, champs was like, I mean, I went to champs literally like the first or second day I was in New York. Like, yeah. the, like somebody took me to champs. And I was then like, there are amazing. restaurants in New York City that are vegan that are like Michelin star restaurants that are just like excellent food. Oh, you know what? Probably the, be- I would say probably the best vegan food I've had is probably Modern Love. Yeah, mod- I mean, Modern Love is great, for sure. Blossom is amazing. I t- yeah, I've had great meals at Blossom. I've never been to the, some of the more like upscale places in the Upper West Side, like Candle or anything mm. like that. I've never been to any of those places. Candle's, mm, Candle's kind of overrated. Yeah. Yeah. Blossom's way better. Yeah, I like. I mean, lo- I love Blossom. I've had yeah. re- I've had nothing but great meals at Blossom. Yeah. Um, Man, Champs is great. Let's go to Champs. Yeah, I like when you were like, you know, Champs is doesn't maybe doesn't have the best food, but I love it. I love it so much. Let's go now. Let's <laughs> yeah. stop recording. Why aren't we there right well, now? Well, it's like I, whenever I eat at <laughs> Champs, because like Champs is like. Can you tell I'm hungry? Yeah. <laughs> uh, me too. Uh, the Champs is like. Think about Champs is like you'll eat a sandwich at Champs and it's like a big hero roll with like seitan. So it's just like bread on bread. And yeah. you're like, feel so bad afterwards, but like it's delicious. It's, it's so tasty. Good. It's like, like I said, there are like garbage ups- comfort food. Yeah, exactly. Like they're, like I said, Modern Love is like much more like upscale like quality of food. <laughs> I but went like, to Champs once and I was like, I'm going to eat healthy. And I got one of their, like, because they do have healthier options. Yeah, they have great bowls. I and got stuff a bowl like, and uh-huh. I was so mad. I was just like, why am I at Champs and eating uh-huh. this? I eat this like anywhere else. When I go to Champs, I'm here to eat crappy Champs food. Yeah. Oh, God. Good stuff. Good thing I don't live by there anymore. Yeah. Uh, I work next to it. Oh, oh that boy. is so dangerous. Yeah. So anything else in the few minutes we have left that you're looking forward to or you recommend oh. everyone checks out or does? Oh, man. Uh, no pressure. I went through a lot at the beginning of the episode. I know. Um, you sure did. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, if you're around the New York area, um, you know, I'm doing, a, I'm doing a comedy wrestling show on Friday called Extremely Serious Wrestling. And then the next Friday, the 16th, we have a, a monthly show in the East Village. We do. Our improv team, Trash, has a monthly show, 10.30, November 16th. Mm-hmm. Uh, under St. Mark's Theater. Under St. Mark's Theater. If you're around the area, come check it out. Um, it's going to be a good show. we got a hell of a lineup. It's going to be tight. It's going to be a great show. Last show was great. All the shows have been good. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking forward to like, I don't know, my life is like slowly becoming less complicated and I'm kind of enjoying that. That's cool. Kind of enjoy Like my move is over. Yep. Enjoying my new neighborhood. Oh, did we talk about how bananas that was? I don't know. Okay, it was, it was so pretty rough. we talked about a bunch on the show, or Faith talked about it, that she was going on this like cross country train uh-huh. ride. But while that happened, and you guys talked about this on the show, where your roommates were like suddenly like, "You guys have to get out." <laughs> pretty much, yeah. And because you weren't on the lease, right? We were month to month. They gave us. Two months to move, but they were like, you know, if you move by November 1st, we can give you your last month rent back. Right. Um, and we were like, well, I like the sound of that. So suddenly, like, Eric had to move by himself. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I had to move on November 1st and Faith didn't get back till November 4th. Yeah. So I moved by myself. I had some help. I had a couple friends come over and help me with a little bit of stuff. But I moved. Yeah. Drove a U-Haul for like 17 hours. Um yeah, it was it was uh, a long day. Yeah, let's say that. It was I mean, a long I guess day. it's good because you guys don't have a ton 
ton of stuff. No, I didn't have to move a bed or anything like that. Yeah. We didn't have like that much stuff. You it was have just a bed. Like, no. Oh my god. No, because we because when we moved here, the place we moved into had a bed already. Does your it, new place have a bed? No. Ah. We're using the IKEA sleeper sofa that you helped Faith put together. Sure did, like a boss. Uh, and but we just ordered a bed, so it'll be here very in a week nice. or so. Who'd you order a bed from? I think also IKEA. Oh, <laughs> very nice. I believe. Nice. I or Home Depot or IKEA. I'm not sure. You One didn't get of the a Casper two. Casper mattress? I don't think so. We're not sponsored by Casper. <laughs> I'm just genuinely curious. I only good. sleep on Casper. I only eat Blue Apron. <laughs> I, only, uh, I only use Quip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Squarespace. Um, yeah. Uh but uh yeah, it was I mean it was a long day. Uh it was a lot of work. Um very exhausting, but I, can I got I got in there and just like yeah, like my new job is like at night, so like during the day I'm kind of free and I'm kind of like I'm kind of like paring down. Is that a term paring down? Yeah, right. Sure. Like slowly removing things from my life that sounds bad i'm just like not getting wrapped up as much in as much like useless stuff anymore so like now like i have my day free and i can just do whatever i want that's great so i'm trying yeah, to like you were doing way too much before yeah so as someone who does way too much yeah i'm gonna call you out on it yeah <laughs> you so, were doing way too much yeah so i'm trying to like Focus on what matters. And then like, like I was saying earlier about like getting back into gaming, like it was something that was like a big part of my life for a long time. And then I just sort of lost it because I got wrapped up in other stuff. And then now I'm like, I miss it. Yeah. Like it's something that I really enjoy and like really like, like takes my mind off things and it helps me concentrate and like really like I find a lot of joy in it. I'm trying to like bring more of that stuff back into my life as opposed to like being obsessed with like quote unquote my career Mm -hmm. or like what I'm doing or what I am or all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Just sort of like just trying to focus on what things bring me joy. Um, and and life's short. Yeah. You got to focus on what makes you happy. Yeah. Trying to, that's the next goal for me in 2019. I'm going to, I'm going to quit some stuff. Saying no is hard. It is. And I've, I've learned to do it more. I've been getting like more and more proud of myself when I yeah. say no to stuff. Yeah. I just got invited to do a show Saturday night and I'm technically free. And I was like, no, yeah, I don't want to do it. It's tough. Cause like, especially if you're like new to something or you're like, it's something that you're interested in making quote unquote your career or whatever. It's very attractive to be like, Oh, I t- I turned this down. Now nobody's gonna ask me to do stuff ever again. Like yeah. they're gonna know because it- it's like a lack of confidence. You're like, oh, if I don't do it this one time, they'll yeah. like forget about me or I won't be relevant. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, look, trust me, I struggle with that basically every day of my life. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, oh, well, if I say no to this, then like next time they're gonna ask, they're gonna not ask me because I said no the first time. So right. then like they're gonna look over me, and it's like, then you find yourself like just saying yes to everything. And that can lead to a lot of burnout. And it well, it, I also I was talking to one of the writers. Uh, I'm on a sketch team called Boogie Manja, and one of the writers was talking with me about how I'm doing too many things. Yeah. And she was like, "If you set that expectation for people, then they basically treat you like a workhorse." Yeah. She's like, "It's up to you to define what you are comfortable doing and how much you're comfortable doing it." Yeah. And I was like fuck if i like say yes to everything Mm -hmm. then people just think that's my natural setting and it's not i'll burn out if i do that yeah i also think too like going back a lot of that can also come from like at least i found in the comedy community it's not a hundred percent like there definitely are times where like people just get forgotten about but i think in general like 
if you do good work, people will ask you to do stuff. For sure. Even if you're for like, sure. like, there's been so many stories about people that had to leave for a year to yeah. do other stuff. And then mm-hmm. they come back and it's like, yeah, if you're good, yeah. people want you. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's just like, it, I think that goes for any field. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like what I was saying, like, kind of the point I was making about, like, the Janet Jackson thing. It's like, look, if there's only, like, yes, there are certain disadvantages to, like, being out of the community for being out of any community for a long time or like Mm -hmm. being like out of the spotlight or people forgetting about you but like if you're good at something if you just make good work just do it and then like don't worry about the other stuff if you can make good stuff people will want it yeah all right guys on that note please follow eric on twitter before you forget about him wow guys please tweet (laughs) me constantly i need the (laughs) validation uh, E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Follow me. Please don't forget about me. Guys, Allison don't Kilkenny forget. on Twitter. Please don't forget us. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>